Let's pray together. Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn is lifted high. The mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Heavenly Fathers, want to thank you for this new day you have given us to worship you as a church and together. Lord, help us to worship you in spirit and truth, O God. I pray against every distraction at this time. Lord, we look to you, God, our Lord, our King, the one and only, our Lord Jesus Christ. We ask, Holy Spirit, that your presence will be here in our midst. For God, if your presence is not here with us, God, everything we do is in vain, O Lord. We need you right now. Guide our lips, guide our hearts, soften our hearts, O God. Help us to not turn apathetic towards you, O Lord. Let our hearts be soft like sponge to soak up your word this morning, O God. Lord, cast aside every sin of hindrance, of guilt and shame, O God. Lord, we surrender ourselves to you. We humble ourselves and we look to you, God, at this moment. Lord, we choose today not to be led by my heart or by my emotions, but Lord, I choose today to lead my emotions and to lead my heart, O God. I choose today to lift up my hands and worship and to give you all the glory that you deserve, O Lord, for you are our rock and our redeemer. So God, we choose today to be obedient to you, not to offer sacrifices, but Lord, we choose to be obedient to you, O God. We choose to worship you, our Lord and our King. Lord, I just pray right now as you transition that God, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of the hearts of all those who are listening here today, Lord, may it be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, for we all short, fall short of the glory of God. We need you today more than ever, more than yesterday. We need you more today than yesterday, O Lord. Speak to us, God, for your servant is listening. We love you, we thank you. Pray all these things in your precious Son. Jesus Christ, let me pray, and God's people pray. Amen and amen. Authentic Christianity series. Authentic Christian series. And the title of today's message is called Life Without God. Life Without God. Somehow, the world that we live in right now today has turned upside down. Adults are called to protect children. Amen? Yes, we all believe that. Children should respect and revere adults. But now, everything seems to have reversed. Now, adults seem to be more afraid of children and teenagers than children are afraid of adults. So in this video, you will see a man sucker punches a 47-year-old man, breaking his jaw in what cops describe as a possible knockout game in the Bronx. In this disturbing surveillance video shows. And on another article, it says a sick so-called game known as knockout where teens appear to randomly sucker punch strangers with the goal of knocking them unconscious with a single blow. It's catching the attention of law enforcement throughout the nation. The assaults can be fatal. In New Jersey, Ralph Santiago, 46, a homeless man, was walking alone in Hoboken on the night of September 10th 
when he was suddenly struck from behind, the blow knocked out Santiago, who had pre-existing brain injury. He suffered a seizure. The victim's body struck a nearby fence with parts of the wrought iron fence piercing his body and killing him, in the article says. Children are going around beating up elders, individuals beating up homeless individuals, children physically abusing parents and grandparents. And it starts early. Why is this the case? I believe that this, the reason for this is because parents, particularly fathers, role models, parents, especially fathers, and older members and leaders in the church, they have abandoned their role as authority figures in the lives of these young youth and in the lives of these young children. That's why I believe with all my heart that VBS is crucial. I believe with all my heart children ministry is crucial. I believe with all my heart visiting orphanages when we go on mission field, visiting places is very crucial because we must be a good role model and bring authority, the authority that God has given us in the lives of children. Right now as we see less and less People are teaching and raising kids to fear God and to know God, and kids are not understanding. They have forgotten that God is their ultimate authority. They forget to teach that we, as Christians, that we are a people of God. Therefore, if we're a people of God, we must live in God, and we must respect and revere God. We understand all children, you know, children are very innocent. They don't look at the color of your skin, how tall or how big or how small you are. All children love and accept. But as they grow older, how do they learn to hate? They learn firsthand from parents and older figures. We have stopped teaching our children that God is our ultimate authority. If you don't teach them young, if you don't teach children how to respect and respect God's authority, they will never in turn, it will never trickle down, and they will never respect parents or any other authority or any other older figures. They will live most of their lives living in rebellion, disregarding God, never revering God, and respecting God's people and the way that God wants things to be done in the church, and, and they will always go ahead and pray on the week. They will become bullies themselves. When we don't have respect and reverence for God, we as Christian men and women of God, we live like fools, the scripture tells us. The scripture tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So for those who have children, for those who are teaching children, for those who can influence children, we must remember that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. That we must live our lives with respect and reverence to God first and foremost. That is the most and important thing and that is our main foundation. Again, authentic Christianity, life without God. Is your life a life with God or without God today? Starting with point number one, life without God is a path doomed for destruction. Life without God is a path 
doomed for destruction. Always remember that when you feel hopeless, when you feel like you are not good enough, when you feel like you cannot make change in your company or in the hospital you work or in your schools or in the group of your friends that you're in, remember that God can use one life to bring about change. One life can build and, or, can, or one life can destroy and cause destruction. One son, one person, one daughter can make a difference for the family, for the good or for the worse. One generation can change history and change the world for the things of God or not the things of God. So today in 1 Samuel, we're going to be in 1 Samuel for a little bit and for the next few weeks. You will see how through one individual, God can use and change a whole generation. If you start from 1 Samuel chapter 1, you'll see and you're introduced with a woman named Hannah. I believe the husband's name is Elkanah, but Elkanah has two wives, Penina and Hannah. Hannah is the mother of the famous individual that we all know in the Bible named Samuel. And he was a godly priest. He was a man that followed God's laws and he knew the heart of God. So in 1 Samuel, in chapter 1, we're introduced with this woman named Hannah. It says, Penina had many children. She was able to give birth. But Hannah was barren. She could not give birth. But she continued to hold on to God. She continued to be faithful. And you see in, in the beginning of chapter 2, Hebrews chapter 2, you'll see, we see the introduction in chapter 1 of Hannah. And then in chapter 2, we see the prayer of Hannah. And we see the desperation in the heart of Hannah. Through this one individual, the nation of Israel, they receive a true man of God, a priest named Samuel, a child that is born. You'll see how God uses this one individual to bring about change. And God calls this one individual to bring about change to a crooked generation. And we fast forward a few verses in chapter 2, starting from verse 12. You will witness now a massive change, a shift. Again, Samuel is a son of Hannah. He is a godly priest. But on the other end of the spectrum, you'll see Eli and his sons. They were also priests, but they were complete opposites. So Samuel was a godly priest. Eli, and especially Eli and his sons, they were crooked priests who took advantage of their authority and the power that they had, and they abused it. And they took advantage of God's people and of God's laws. They were not obedient to God. Samuel was obedient to God. Eli and the sons, they were crooked and scoundrels. And they were disobedient to God. Let's go ahead and read in our main passage, starting from verse 12. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 12 to 26. It says this, Eli's sons were scoundrels. They had no regard for the Lord. Now it was a practice of the priests that whenever any of the people offered a sacrifice, 
the priest's servant would come with a three-pronged fork in his hand while the meat was being boiled and would plunge the fork into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. Whatever the fork brought up, the priest would take for himself. This is how they treated all the Israelites who came to Shiloh. But even before the fat was burned, the priest's servants would come and say to the person who was sacrificing, Give the priest some meat to roast. He won't accept boiled meat from you, but only raw. If the person said to him, Let the fat be burned first, and then take whatever you want, the servant will answer, No, hand it over now. If you don't, I'll take it by force. The sin of the young man was very great in the Lord's sight, for they were treating the Lord's offering with contempt. But Samuel was ministering before the Lord. We're introduced now to a godly individual. He's a boy at this time, a boy wearing a linen effet. Each year his mother made him a little robe and took it to him when she went up with her husband to offer the annual sacrifice. Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife, saying, May the Lord give you children by this woman to take the place of the one she prayed for and gave to the Lord. Then they would go home. And the Lord was gracious to Hannah. She gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the boy, Samuel, grew up in the presence of the Lord. Now Eli, who was very old, heard about everything his sons were doing to all Israel and how they slept with the woman who served at the entrance to the tent of meeting. So he said to them, Why do you do such things? I I hear from all the people about these wicked deeds of yours. No, my sons, the report I hear spreading among the Lord's people is not good. If one person sins against another, God may mediate for the offender. But if anyone sins against the Lord, who will intercede for them? His sons, however, did not, again, that's important, did not listen to their father's rebuke. For it was the Lord's will to put them to death. And the boy Samuel continued, again, that's important, continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with people. We see right away the difference between these two individuals, these two groups. One is growing in favor with the Lord, is growing in stature, is a godly individual, who seeks God's ways and his heart. On the other hand, we got a bunch of bullies forcing and threatening, if you don't give me the meat raw, then I will destroy you. Threatening individuals. And we see the difference in the way that God is leading these two. Again, point number one, life without God is a path for destruction. And in here, in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 12 to 26, we are given details and information about how eventually you'll see the downfall of Eli and his sons. 
in the upcoming weeks. But you'll see how God raises up, how God blesses a godly man and godly woman, those who follow and who honor God. So again, point number one, life without God is a path doomed for destruction. I would like for you to reflect on this throughout the week. Reflect it upon your life. Is my life a life with God or without God? Life without God is a path doomed for destruction. Point number two, life without God leads deeper into sin. Life without God leads deeper into sin. Let's take a look at verse 12 once again. It says, Eli's sons were what? Scoundrels. Scoundrels. They're scoundrels. Scoundrels means they were wicked men. It means they were worthless sons. They were sons of Belial. They were punks. That's what it's saying. They were troublemakers. They were thugs. They had no regard for the Lord. That detail is very important. They were scoundrels and they had no regard for the Lord. And they were priests. They were godly priests. They were supposed to be godly priests. But the scripture tells us that they did not know God. They did not know Yahweh. They did not have a relationship with God. I'm not talking about someone who's new to church, never knowing God. I'm talking about those who are coming to church day in, day out. Every week you come on Sunday. And those who pretend to know God, but never knowing God. Someone who pretends to know God, but they, know they don't know God, and God doesn't know them. I'm talking about individuals who continue to come to church all the time. They hear about God, the sermon, they listen to it every week, day in, day out. But they never know the heart of God. Do you know the heart of God? Do you have the conviction of God? You see these individuals, Eli's sons, they did not have a relationship with God. And it all comes down, everything in life comes down, it boils down to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, well, I'm talking about whether you grew up in a Christian home or not, whether your parents are Christians or not, it doesn't matter. Do you, you as an individual, right now, you, Arlene, do you have a relationship with God? Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Because it all comes down to whether you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, regardless of your upbringing of your home. Faith in Jesus Christ is the beginning of your relationship with Christ. Faith in Jesus Christ is where all godliness starts and ends and will continue. It's all about faith and relationship in Jesus Christ. Meaning, if you don't have a relationship with God, all your good works, all your spiritual resumes of all the countries you visited because of mission trips, they're all garbage before God. And we will hear at the end of our lives, depart from me, I never knew you, which is the scariest phrase that I'm afraid of myself. Do you truly know God? Do you have a relationship with God? If you don't have a relationship with God, everything you, ma- everything you do is garbage before 
God. Apart from faith, if we don't do things in faith, everything we do are like filthy rags, it says in Isaiah. Are you contempt, contempt to God's laws and God's ways? What I mean by the word contempt is the act of despising, the lack of respect, the lack of reverence, willful disobedience, and you are disrespectful to the ways of God. It says in verse 13 through 17, Now it was the practice of the priests that whenever the people offer a sacrifice, the priest's servant would come with a three-pronged fork in his hand while the meat was being boiled. It's like they're going to a buffet or something, right? Like you go to a buffet line, you go pick out your favorite meat. And will plunge the fork into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. Whatever the fork brought up, the priest would take for himself. This is how they treated all the Israelites who came to Shiloh. Right away we understand that they were not following God's laws. They were doing whatever they wanted according to how they felt. Verse 15, but even before the fat was burned, the priest's servant would come and say to the person who was sacrificing, give the priest some meat to roast. He won't accept boiled meat from you, but only raw. Who here likes their steak raw or well done? Raw. Of course, Ronnie. He loves when the blood is dripping down all over his face to his shirt. The law was that they were supposed to burn the fat. Burn the fat before the Lord. But they wanted the meat for themselves. Why? Because meat tastes good. They wanted to take it for themselves. They were thinking about their stomach first. Just like Esau and Jacob. We see Esau, he sold his inheritance for his stomach, for his lust, for his hunger. And we see the same attitude, same mindset here. They wanted the food and they took advantage and they were bullying individuals. Again, verse 15, but even before the fat was burned, the priest's servant would come and say to the person who was sacrificing, give the priest some meat to roast. He won't accept boiled meat from you, but only raw. Are they here to offer an offering to God or to these individuals, these priests, so-called priests? Because it seems like they think they are the gods. They think the people are here to serve them. And in verse 16, it says, If the person said to him, Let the fat be burned first, and then take whatever you want, the servant would answer. Of course, the servant is answering for the priest. He's just, just, just a mouthpiece for the, for the priest. He's saying, No, hand it over now. If you don't, I'll take it by force. The sin of the young men. Again, that... Detail is very important. Young men was very great because if you're young, it equals to uh, being immature, not being a wise individual, or being a child. So young men was great in the Lord's sight for they were treating the Lord's offering with contempt. The Bible is amazing with details, and if you understand details, 
It's an amazing book and it's very fun to read. Again, content means the act of despising, the lack of respect and reverence, willful disobedience. There were right procedures and the right way to bring sacrifices to God. And if you want to know more, just read through the book of Deuteronomy, Leviticus. It tells us how to offer our, our offering and our sacrifice to God to show our reverence to God and to show that we love him. But Eli's sons, the priests here, they would steal the meat before the fat was even burned before the Lord. So the bottom line is, they had no regard for God's law. They had no regard, no respect for God's people, for they did this to every Israelite who came to sacrifice, who came to bring offering to God. They, and, and ultimately, they had no reverence towards God, the living God. The sons were putting themselves first in everything they did. What can I get out of this? This service is all about me. And you and I, we're no different. When you and I, we come to church with this attitude, oh, I'm the self-righteous individual. We come last minute, not bring our best before God. We come with an attitude of contempt, with no respect. We are doing the same exact things as these individuals are doing. We must respect and revere and honor our living God. I mean, take a look at verse 16. It's, it's a red flag. When the people are correcting the priests, and you see that a lot, even our day and age, right? Even pastors who mess up and members are correcting them, to teaching them what is the right thing. If the person said to him, let the fat be burned first and take whatever you want to serve it, when I said, no, and then over now, if you don't, I'll take it by force. I mean, that is a, a serious red flag when the people were teaching the priest the right way. Isn't it supposed to be the other way around? Isn't it supposed to be the other way around? Not children teaching adults what's the godly thing to do, but adults teaching godliness to the younger generation. We have a complete opposite. We have a complete opposite. And that is why we are seeing all the craziness happening in this world, just like the video, just like the article that I shared earlier. Verse 17, again, the writer here is very detailed in his writing. Uh, the writer is preparing us for the demotion of these priests, these young priests, these Eli's sons. Again, young men equals young children. It's pretty much saying that these people were being led by children. Like I said, when children take authority and they have no respect for God, then the whole society comes crumbling down. It is crucial for parents to step up for godly fathers to step up and to teach the next and to teach the young generation. Take a look at verse 17. The sin of what? Young men. Young men was very great in the Lord's sight for they were treating the Lord's offering with contempt. Do you have no fear of God? Or do you have the fear of God? Verse 22 to 24. 
Now Eli, again, he's the father of the sons who was very old, heard about everything his sons were doing to all Israel and how they slept with the woman who served at the entrance to the tent of meeting. So he said to them, why do you do such things? I hear from all the people about these wicked deeds of yours. No, my sons, the report I hear spreading among the Lord's people is not good. All he cares about is reputation, reputation, and reputation. He has no concern for true discipline. He has no concern of taking the three-pronged fork and spanking them. He just says, the report is no good. It's not good, son. It's not good, son. Maybe cover it up better. It's not good. It's not good. Why do you do such things? It's not good. When we have no reverence to God, no fear of God, we lose the weight and the consequences of sin. So help us, to help us understand, in our modern-day language, it would be like this. They would be coming into church, they go and put their hand into the offering, collecting it, just pocketing the money for the family. A priest would come, take it for the family, and we see that happening a lot. They would spend that money on alcohol, prostitutes, and when confronted by the people, what do you think you're doing? Priest, pastor, what do you think you're doing? What, you got a problem with me? You're going to do something about it? That's how they respond, bullying, abusing their power as priests. When we lose the fear of God, you lose the sight of God. And when you lose the sight of God, you forget the weight and the consequences of sin. What are the consequences of sin? It says consequences of sin is death. But a life with God grows deeper into blessings. A life without God grows deeper into sin, but a life with God grows deeper into blessings, which we will talk about it later. And point number three. And we now see the fruit of Eli's life. Eli was a lazy father. He was a lazy priest. His laziness, it comes into fruition. He did not even know about his sons. He didn't even see it himself. He said he heard the news from other people. He did not even recognize it with his own eyes. Oh, what a problem it is when we don't recognize and see problem with our own eyes. When we're blinded. He had to hear it from others. Eli was lazy in his rebuke and in his discipline towards his sons. He had no care for godly discipline. Verse 25, if one person sins against another, God may mediate for the offender. But if anyone sins against the Lord, who will intercede for them? His sons, however, did not listen to their father's rebuke. For it was Lord's will to put them to death. And when it says it was the Lord's will to put them to death, they put themselves in this position, just like Pharaoh. God did not harden Pharaoh's heart, but they chose to harden their own heart, and therefore they were impenetrable. Their heart was impenetrable. Are you in a dangerous place where your heart is impenetrable? We're coming to church day in, day out. And it says, for those whose hearts are impenetrable, 
whose hearts turn hard and hardened and apathetic towards God, we become like those where it is Lord's will to put us to death due to our sins. Revelation 3.19 says, Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. If we're in a place where God disciplines us and he rebukes us, and God brings people in our lives to discipline us and to keep us in check, you are very blessed because that shows that God has not given up on us, that God loves us, and he still has a plan and a purpose for us. But now for these sons, Eli's sons, and for Eli, it is too late. It is too late. And at times in Scripture, the faith of the parents, the habits and the sins of the parents, it trickles down and becomes the pattern for their children. It's called a generational curse. It's the things that we learn from our parents. In our subconscious, we learn the things of the behaviors of our parents. And we come and we copy those patterns. And we see the faith of Hannah, who was a faithful woman of prayer, who prayed to God in the beginning of chapter 2, 1 Samuel chapter 2. We see her introduction in chapter 1 with Elkanah, the husband, having two wives, Panina and Hannah. Panina had many children, but she did. that's the only time that she's mentioned, that she just had many children. That's it. Forgotten. Just the other wife. But we see Hannah, a faithful woman of God. She gets a whole section where she prays. And that's the prayer that I said in the beginning of the message when I prayed. What was the prayer? My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord, my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. And we see the faith of Hannah trickling down to Samuel, a young boy. We see him adapting, adopting the heart that his mother had for God. And he served faithfully, faithfully under Eli. There are times where God allows you to be under a crooked leadership or a crooked individual because sometimes the best lesson that we can learn is someone, is someone that you learn not to follow. And this is what's happening here with Samuel. He sees Eli doing everything wrong. But in his heart, he knows what is godly and what is right. And he goes ahead and he grows up as a man after God's laws and God's heart. It is too late for the Eli sons. Therefore, as parents, listen to me, Christian men and women of God. When we go neutral in our discipline or in the ways of God, in our rebuke towards sin, when we go on neutral, we go drifting. And what happens when you go on neutral and when you stop doing whatever you're doing on a boat? Or when you're swimming in the ocean, you just stop for a second, 
you just close your eyes. I'm not going to swim anymore. I'm just going to just, just go to sleep. You'll go further and further and further into the ocean, away from the shore. And we'll be lost, and we will be lost forever. Storms will come and will destroy us. Sharks may come and destroy us. Hunger and thirst will come and destroy us. It brings about death. Therefore, men and women of God, don't stop swimming. Don't stop flapping. Keep going. Keep fighting. Keep running towards God and away from sin. For the wages of sin equals death. You may say, what? But isn't God forgiving? Yes. Isn't God merciful? Yes. But if our hearts are so hardened, and you are in this terrible pattern of sin and rebellion, and when heart becomes hardened by sin and rebellion, and you continue to choose to live away from God, the only option, the only answer is death, and there is no coming back. It was too late. It was the Lord's will to put them to death. If the Father had loved them, he would have disciplined them. But all he cared was about reputation, what others were saying about him and his children. This should not be. Instead, it was, how does God see you? Wake up. Wake up, my son. Wake up. It leads to death. Wake up. And for years, we see that God was patient with these individuals. They did not care about God's reputation, who they represented. And now, the time has come in 1 Samuel, starting in 1 Samuel chapter 1, chapter 2, that God is leading them to death. Again, when you lose the fear of God and you lose the sight of God, you forget the weight and the consequences of sin, which leads to death. And there's nothing more scarier than to lose the fear of God and to be in this dark place. And sadly, this is the reality of our generation today. This is what's happening as we speak. I mean, think about it. Knocking out a 47-year-old for the sake of a game, just for fun. I mean, you guys got to see that video. It's very disturbing. And they're in a group, too. Acting all tough in a group. Knocking someone out. Causing death, blunt, and trauma. What could have happened in their heart and in their past that would lead them to become this crooked? Has such content before God. Sometimes our reasoning is very silly too. Over nothing too. We allow the devil and we go on neutral. We allow the enemy to whisper lies to, and that, that lie becomes the truth and you actually start to believe it. Are you not a child of God? Do you not have the Holy Spirit in you? Can you not overcome everything through all things, through Christ who strengthens us? 
How can Eli's sons continue living, continue in this path? How? Let's continue. Point number three and last point is good news. Let's turn to the, our neighbor, person next to us, and say, good news, with a smile. Good news. That was a test. <laughs> Say, news good. <laughs> news good. Good news. Uh, life in God grows deeper into blessings. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you, God, for saving me. Thank you, God, for loving me. Thank you, God, for being with me. Thank you for all your blessings. Whether you give or you take, may the name of the Lord be praised. Amen. We must not forget our God is real and that God loves you. He loves you so much. God loves us. And God truly wants the best for us. You must believe that. You must know that with all your heart. Know it with your heart. That God has called you before you were even born. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. Know that God loves you and that he has a plan for you. A better plan that you have for yourself. But you must have a relationship with him. Our God is real. His love is real. And he wants what's best for us. Believe it with all your heart right now. Choose to believe no matter what others tell you. Our sub points here in point number three, you get a blessing of family. Family, family, family. Uh, this is very cute, uh, verse 18 to 19. Uh, but Samuel was ministering before the Lord. It, was, it says he was a boy, right? He was a boy ministering before the Lord. Wearing a linen effet. A linen effet is something that priests would wear. It's like if you look, it's like it has colors and it's like a square thing and they and priests wear it, which shows that he was a priest in training. Samuel was ministered before the Lord, boy wearing a linen effet. Each year his mother made him a little robe and took it to him when she sat up with her husband to offer the annual sacrifice. So you, right away you see a godliness being cultivated here, right? A godly lifestyle, just over and over and over as he's growing up. You know, when I read this passage, I just remember when I was a child under my grandfather. My grandfather had a church. Uh, he was a pastor. And then I remember when I was a little boy, and I actually had like a blue sweater that my mother knit for me, and I used to wear that. And I remember sleeping. I, I remember even vividly and just hearing, just, just even morning prayer, I would go and I would hear people praying. I remember the prayers of people. I mean, I don't know like, exactly what they were praying, but it was just being cultivated at a young age. Now, I didn't know growing up that I was going to be a pastor. I had no idea. I did other things. But eventually when I got the call after a mission trip to China, I remember calling my father that I'm going to seminary. And he started tearing crying and I started tearing and I was like why are you crying and he said I always knew and those prayers were the prayers that my father was praying and he knew he got the confirmation ready but he never shared that with me 
that this is the path that he knew that God was taking me. I was like, why didn't you share that? It could have saved me a lot of detours and different paths, but I had to find the path myself. And God, he loves us and he has a plan for us. Whether we choose to go in this direction, God will always lead us in the right direction. He walks with us and he guides us. Each year his mother made him a little robe and took it to him when she went out with her husband to offer the annual sacrifice. Again, teaching them when they're young. Family, family, family. Good news. Life in God grows deeper into blessings. Family. Letter B. Favor. These are all F's, by the way. Favor, favor, favor. Verse 20 to 21. Eli will bless Elkanah and his wife, saying, May the Lord give you children by this woman to take the place of the one she prayed for and gave to the Lord. Then they would go home, and the Lord was gracious to Hannah. She gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. When it says he grew up in the presence of the Lord, he was finding favor before God. If you are growing in your relationship with God, if you're growing in your stature and in your faith and your relationship with God, if you're growing up in the presence of God, it means you have the favor of God in your life. And walking with God is the greatest favor that you will have. It doesn't matter whether you're rich or you're poor, whether you're in a place of unemployment. If you are in a relationship with God, you are growing in the presence of God. In each and every circumstance, you will have favor with God through the good and through the bad. Do you think Samuel's life was easy? No. Later you'll see. Like all of us, like all godly men and women of God, we all go through trials and tribulations and hardships. He finds favor before God. He grows up in the presence of the Lord. And last, let us see. Faith. Faith. The blessing of faith. You see, Samuel, he grew up under Eli, but the important thing is he did not become like Eli and his sons. That's the important thing. Yes, he grew up in the leadership of Eli as a priest in training, wearing a little ephod here and there, linen ephod, the robe that his mother made him. It was important. It's important to know that he did not become like Eli and the sons. He didn't follow their ways. For he followed God's ways. And he knew the heart of God. Verse 26. And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with people. Life with God, life with God, listen to me carefully, will protect us and will keep us from being lukewarm in our faith. Life with God will make you hate sin so much to the point where you will run away. Life with God 
will bring conviction about, will bring about godly conviction to live a life of holiness. Whether we have or we don't, we say, may the name of the Lord be praised. Let us pray together. thank you Lord we thank you that you cover all of our sins Lord we pray Lord we pray that you will keep us from losing the fear of God Lord it is your kindness and it is your patience and it is your love that leads us repentance oh Lord Lord we look to you God at this time we may feel stuck we may feel lost Lord there is no light at the end of the tunnel God there is no window in this tunnel that I'm in but Lord you are with us and you walk with us even when it doesn't make sense that's when you call us to hold on to you even tighter so God I pray that we will hold close to you oh God that we will not lose sight of you that we will not lose our way oh God that our hearts will not grow so hard into the point walk in rebellion towards you, O Lord. Lord, come. Bring light unto my path with your word, O God. Help me to walk with you and by you and to know that, God, that I am yoked with Christ. Help us, O Lord, to step up in our roles in leadership as a teacher and as a pastor and as an older brother or sister. godliness to the next generation but Lord it all starts with the relationship it all starts and begins with the relationship with you oh God so God we surrender ourselves to you we give ourselves to you oh Lord we give you all of our hearts all of our desires all of our prayers all of our tears God, all the desperation of our hearts, oh God, we lay them at your feet, oh Lord, as Hannah prayed in chapter 2, oh Lord. We pray to you, oh God, for you are good and you are faithful and you will never forget us, oh God. That when we humble ourselves and we seek your face with all of our hearts, our soul, mind, and strength, oh Lord, you are quick. You are quick to hear us, oh Lord. And when we say quick, doesn't mean according to our own timeline, according to our own ways, 
if it doesn't, oh God, may the name of the Lord be praised, oh Lord. I look to you, oh God, at this time. Lord, we need you so much today. We need you more today, more today than yesterday, oh God. Forgive us, oh Lord, for our hearts have grown contempt. My heart has become hardened like a rock, oh God. Give me a heart of flesh to feel your presence and to know your presence once again, oh Lord. dedicated Samuel before God his whole life can we right now place our right hand to the left side of our chest as an act of faith our heart representing our life and can we give our lives 
can you give your life and dedicate your life to the Lord? Say, God, not I, not what I want, but what you want, what you have in store for me. Lord, here I am. Send me. Here I am. I'm available. Use me, O Lord, for your kingdom and for your glory. And after you have prayed that prayer in your heart, I want to invite you to stand up on your feet and let us sing this song together. I will walk this path to follow him until my Jesus returns. Let's make this song our prayer before God.
together I will walk this path to follow him until my Lord Jesus Christ returns this narrow gate narrow road I will carry up the cross in the end I'll see you face to face when I finish this race Lord you will greet us in your loving arms and we will you will welcome us into your glory until you return again Lord we will be faithful in this life one life one chance that we have in this one life that we have oh lord i always want to thank you for this series that we're on right now authentic christian authentic christianity a life without god versus a life with god lord we choose today to live a life that honors you to live a life that will follow you for all the days of our lives lord as samuel and as hannah let us continue to grow in stature and to grow in favor with the Lord and with your people, O oh God. Lord, we thank you, we love you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. May your name be praised forevermore. And as God's people, we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. for who you are for you are holy and righteous and so worthy of our uh, trust obedience and reverence um, forgive us God for the ways that we have disobeyed you and turned away and I pray that you would help us to not dwell in our guilt or shame um, but to truly uh, turn back to you God um, knowing that you love us so much and you are always there for us and we pray that we would always be growing in your favor and that we would always deepen our relationship with you for it is the most important thing that we have we pray that you would accept our offering god and that our hearts would be pleasing to you we know that everything belongs to you and we thank you for being so generous and merciful and gracious to us god we thank you for your blessings we thank you for your great love for us uh, for over this church and over every single uh, person here we love you we thank you and in jesus name we pray amen, amen. okay kp stay up here it wasn't on purpose kp uh that we did the offering uh, for you to pray today uh, it wasn't intentional but it was intentional in god as he was leading me to choose, I wasn't even thinking that this would be your last day. But you came up here, and it's perfect in the way God works. He is perfect in all his ways. There are no accidents or coincidences in God. And God loves you, and God is for you, and God is with you. And as you're up here, uh, I would like for us to bless you as you have been a blessing to us. And we just want to send you off well with all of our heart and with all of our love towards you as your family of believers in Christ. Uh, there's no greater family than the family that we have in Christ. For that is the community that God has given us to grow together and to challenge one another. Uh, I think about all the memories that I had with KP. 
the moment she first came from Syracuse. Ooh, Syracuse, she thinks she's so cool. With her short hair, she came, I remember. She said, I'll be back, and I was like, yeah, okay. And she actually came back, and then she came to the retreat, and then she went on our first mission trip together. And then our last mission trip that we had before the pandemic, she came and she went on this mission trip, and she, I remember, she was deciding whether she should go or not, and always God led her to make the right decision. And in life, there's no such thing as plan B. Everything is God's plan, the main plan. All of our mistakes, all of our shortcomings, they're all part of God's plan. But remember this, every single one, no matter where you go, no matter where we are geographically, no matter where we are physically, it is the Spirit of God that leads us, it is the Spirit of God that guides us. If the Spirit of God is not with us, we may have everything in this life, but you'll be lost for all of eternity. You may have gained the whole world, but you have nothing, for you do not have the main thing. And the main thing is Christ, Christ himself, the most important relationship, the most important thing. So right now, we just want to bless you, KP, as you have been a blessing to us, and you will continue to be a blessing. As long as you live, you will continue to walk in favor with the Lord. You will continue to find favor before the Lord. You will walk before God. And whoever meets you and encounters you will know that you are a daughter of the living God. You are a child of God and that God loves you. And He's leading you every single step of the way. He has been leading you every single step of the way. Have you forgotten? Are you forgetting? your God is. Are you forgetting who I am? God says do not forget who your living God is. Don't forget who your true Father in, in heaven is. He is not like your earthly father. He is not like your earthly family. He is not like your earthly peers. He is not like your earthly friends or your family members. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will guide you every single step of the way and He will lead you every step of the way you go. So God I pray right now for blessing upon KP. God, in this new journey, in this new chapter, in this new path, God, that she's going. I pray, God, for your blessing. I pray, God, for your guidance. I pray, God, for the power of the Holy Spirit to empower today. Any fear, any doubt, any fear that the enemy is whispering in their ears, I rebuke it in the name of the name of the living God, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the name above all names, the author and the perfecter of our faith. We pray in the name of Jesus we pray, God, for your guidance and for your protection over your daughter here today. Lord, guide her today. Let us all pray together. Let us pray for KP. Let us all lift up our hands. Let us just extend our hands and pray for this daughter of God, that God will guide her and God will lead her. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we just pray. Right now, God, I pray, God, you will protect her right now. May the angels just camp around her right now, God. God, our steps in our planning, especially this
steps, every single step of the way from here on on and for the rest of your life. God, I pray your blessing upon KP, that you strengthen her, guide her even in times of encouragement and discouragement that she'll remember that God, you are her God and that God, that she is your child, that she is your daughter. Strengthen this daughter of yours. Guide her today. Give her wisdom beyond her years to know what to speak and to know when not to speak. Lord, help her to know your path, O oh Lord, your way, O oh Lord. For God, you are amazing and you are good and you are perfect in all your ways. Lord, we thank you so much. We love our sister, your daughter. We pray for her. We are cheering for her, O oh God. God, that you're a leader in the path of your path, which is the only path that is important. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray all these things. Your precious son, Jesus Christ, let me pray. Amen and amen.